Good afternoon and welcome to Midday Moms. This is Dorothy Polarski. I'd like to welcome all of you signing on to Midday Moms and today's um, very, very important topic, adults, children of uh, divorced and separated parents. Uh, just for those of you that don't know me, again, my name is Dorothy Polarski, and we're very happy to welcome today um, Dr. Maria Wolfs, and we've uh, spoken earlier today, and so she's given me permission to go ahead and address her as Maria. Maria, how are you this, this afternoon? Um, wonderful. Thank you, Dorothy. And it's such a gift to be here uh, with you. I've been at the receiving end of so many of these uh, blessed sessions and your Dynamic Women of Faith conferences. So it's um, lovely to participate in a, in a more active way today in your beautiful ministry. Yeah, thank you. And thank you for taking away from your time. I know that as a, a physician and as a professor, I'm sure that you're, uh, you've got more than your hands full. So we really appreciate your time. Uh, just so for those of you that aren't familiar, you know, some of you might have been joining us for the very first time. Uh, Midday Moms is a part of a larger ministry called CatholicMomsGroup.com. I always say it's three words. It's really easy to remember. CatholicMomsGroup.com. We're faith partners with the Archdiocese of Toronto, and we're on a mission to revive the vocation of motherhood. And we do so primarily by helping parishes start Catholic moms groups. Uh, we've got a workshop coming up at the end of September called How to Start a Catholic Moms Group. And I'm just going to, you know, show a very short video about our ministry because I'm going to be straight up honest with you. We're hoping that someone here is going to be called to start a Catholic moms group. Um, as you're signing on, feel free to say hello to us in the chat box. If you have any questions, feel free to put them in the chat box as well. But uh, I am going to sh share our ministry video, and then I'll formally introduce uh, Maria, the retreat that she's going to be facilitating at the end of uh, the month. And we're going to be talking about the impact of divorce and separation on adults as they grow up. So let me just um, share with you our ministry video so that if any of you do feel inspired to start a Catholic moms group, you know a little bit more about us. Mothers, by our very nature, we are nurturing, loving caregivers. We are social beings made for friendship and community. We are also spiritual by nature, made by a loving God to know Him and love Him, and to pass this love of our Catholic faith on to our children. But right now, many mothers feel overextended, distracted, and exhausted. Though as Catholics we have the community of our Church, many mothers attending Mass could not name the mom sitting next to them in the pew they share. Community and support among Catholic mothers is desperately needed in this hectic and chaotic culture. Your parish needs you to bring these moms together. 
Hi, my name is Dorothy Polarski. I'm the founder of Catholic Moms Group. We at Catholic Moms Group are on a mission to revive the vocation of motherhood. We exist to bring together like-minded, faith-filled mothers who crave community and are focused on spiritual growth, Catholic teaching, and fellowship. Can you imagine a thriving, engaged mothers group at your parish? A group of moms in love with their Catholic faith, ready to serve other mothers no matter what stage of motherhood they're at? Can you imagine what a difference that would make at your parish? Starting a mother's group, it's not rocket science, but working with a team who's done it before and who's done it dozens and dozens of times sure does help. The Catholic Moms Group membership site is an online community that offers training, resources, and dozens of tools for parishes to help them start a mother's group quickly and efficiently. We're here to provide you with a clear path to launching a Catholic Moms Group at your parish. All of our materials are 100% Catholic. We have clearly laid out meetup plans for both moms groups and toddler groups. We are obedient to the magisterium of the Catholic Church. We have created dozens of tools that are going to save you time and energy. And besides that, we love our Blessed Mother. We constantly turn to her for her intercession. You can make a huge impact in your parish, so join us. We are revolutionizing the way parishes start mothers groups by providing parishes with a Catholic mothers group starter kit and by nourishing and training a community of Catholic mothers group leaders across the world. It's time to start a mothers group at your parish. Join us today. So if anyone here feels motivated, energized, and would like to start a Catholic Moms Group, just visit catholicmomsgroup.com. But the real reason that we're here today, the real reason that we're here is to talk to uh, Maria Wolfs, Dr. Maria Wolfs, who is an endocrinologist, an assistant professor at the University of Toronto, who has become involved with life-giving wounds after attending a life-changing retreat, and she's excited to share about it. Now, the first international chapter of life-giving wounds is coming to a retreat in Toronto. Um, Maria will be facilitating the retreat in the Archdiocese of Toronto. And so um, what exactly is that retreat, Maria? Can you tell us? Um, so, um, thank you, Dorothy, and uh, I'll jump in, and I, I sent some things in the chat because um, I won't probably come back to them later in case people want to see the registration or the link to Life-Giving Wounds, and while I will be participating and contributing somewhat to the retreat, um, the retreat will actually be facilitated by one of the founders of the ministry, Life-Giving Wounds, Dan Mineola, as well as um, one of the other Life-Giving Wounds um, team members. So um, I'm a I'm an amateur in this sort of um, sphere, so I'll be definitely participating and supporting, but the team will be primarily facilitated 
by Dan, uh, who has, um, through his initial graduate work at the John Paul II Institute in Washington, felt a call um, that was confirmed in so many beautiful ways, as the Holy Spirit tends to do when he um, has uh, wants to minister um, to uh, the people of God, put a great call on Dan's heart to found this ministry. So this was really a fruit of the studies of John Paul II at the John Paul II Institute in Washington, D.C. on marriage and family. And as himself, a child, an adult child of divorced parents, um, felt called to found this ministry, which incorporates the, you know, the very best that the church has to offer and that um, human uh, support has to offer. So it's really the best of sound psychology based on the human person, um, sound sacramental understanding um, and uh, a, a very deep spiritual understanding of uh, God's infinite mercy. So um, that's, if there's going to be a draw to the retreat, it's really Dan, um, who is really anointed and has dedicated his life essentially to serving adult children of divorced parents to help them heal and becomes instruments of healing for others who have suffered in the same way. So that's a little bit um, of a backgrounder. So a little bit of a background to who's coming for the retreat. And obviously the retreat is in um, uh, September, but I think even for those, and of course we're certainly encouraging people to attend the retreat that are um, adult children of divorced parents, but to be honest, divorce is something that, I don't think any of us is immune from being touched from. So whether or not, you know, um, you personally have experienced divorce or have are an adult child of divorce um, or whether it's friends or family, unfortunately, the current statistics um, imply that everybody is touched in some way, shape or form. Um, by divorce. And so, so can the, we just pause just a little? Yeah. Uh, I, I like getting to the nitty gritty. My, my, my listeners are kind of like, okay, Dorothy, let's get to the nitty gritty. And I, I guess, you know, the, the nitty gritty is that, yes, you know, some of our listeners here, some of the people that join in, um, they, they just won't be able to attend the retreat because, you know, we've got oftentimes listeners from Hawaii, Atlanta, yes, Toronto and Peterborough. So just for those folks that, you know, perhaps just aren't in a position to register for the retreat, can we talk just a little bit about the impact of divorce of one's parents and how that has a tendency to be quite a long, it has a long-term effect on people. And what are some of the biggest challenges? What are some of the biggest wounds? And, you know, why do they need to be addressed? And yeah, can we, can we talk about how divorce does affect adult children and just give us, you know, you know, because someone might be sitting, listening here today, and either they, they themselves have been divorced or their parents have been divorced, and they've kind of had it locked away and just kind of not thinking about it. And here we are, we're talking about it openly. So I'd love to hear uh, some of your thoughts in that direction, if that's okay. And just to give a preamble, um, when 
you know, I'm certainly not the world's spokesman spokesperson on um, adult children of divorce or experiences, but there are some common themes that come out um, in the secular literature and psychology on common themes that um, emerge. And these are based on longitudinal studies of adult children of divorced parents that go back now over 40 years. And initially, just to give a bit of the preamble, um, you know, the um, when researchers, and again, secular um, frame, researchers were looking into adult children of divorce, obviously they would see sort of immediate impacts, but, you know, we've all heard the mantra, well, children are resilient, they'll be just fine. You know, they can bounce back, no problem. So researchers came in to long-term follow-up of uh, this group of ch children uh, who eventually became adult children of divorced parents and were shocked to find at 25 years that that mantra of they'll be fine, they're resilient was not what they found. And in fact, they found deep wounds that often um, increased and became more prominent as um, the children became adults and started entering into their own relationships. So again, while I don't speak for everyone, I am going to speak to some of the literature um, that is well um, documented on this phenomenon. And the other thing is, and, and again, if you're interested in some of the nitty gritty and the references, um, if you jump onto life-giving wounds, they have sort of a facts page that you can dissect if you want to sort of look at this in the references. But then you combine that with the pastoral experience um, and the lived experience of many adult children of divorce. And there are some common themes that emerge. So um, the retreat, going back to that as sort of a template, is based on six pillars. And they speak to the six wounds that many adult children of divorce experience. So I'll start off with some. Please feel free to jump in if you want me to clarify, but we can maybe use that as a, as a template for our conversation. So the first wound is the wound of silence. Um, adult children of divorce experience a significant shame um, in speaking about the pain that they've experienced. And this silence is often um, a response to not wanting to hurt their parents who they love so much, who they do see are suffering. Um, and it's also partly that wound of silence is in response to um, people saying and them overhearing, well, the kids will be fine, they're resilient, they can bounce back. So it's really important at the start of the retreat and at the start of the healing process to truly acknowledge the pain that's been experienced and the feelings of shame that accompany that pain. Um, so often, and certainly I, that rings true in my life, um, we don't share that wound. Number one, because we don't want to make our parents feel guilty. And that comes down to some of the other things I'll talk about where adult children of divorced parents take on responsibility for their parents' emotional health um, as children, which is a sort of a topsy-turvy world for a child to be thrown into. So that's, anyway, number one is the wound of silence. And 
So part of the retreat is helping people to take stock, to begin to name and grieve their wounds, and to um, write the story um, of their experience, um, however many years it was. And that really is an entry point to starting to acknowledge some of the other wounds. So um, again, so number one is the wound of silence and shame. Number two is the wound on our identity. So at a very fundamental core, we are children of God. And, but that implies a relationship of a child to the parent. And where do we learn that? From our earthly parents. And so when that understanding of childhood and that trust in our parents and the, um, the, the awareness that um, we're unconditionally loved, when that is deeply shaken, um, we have to, re there, our identity as children of God is deeply wounded. Um, and our identity as children is often wounded where, you know, things, the, 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 the joy of childhood, the rest of childhood, the being able to sit back and be taken care of, the play that should happen in children is often um, uh, disrupted. disrupted. Yes, disrupted to the extent that adults, uh, that children um do not know what it's like to be a child. And therefore, to then project to, I'm a child of God has to be healed. Our understanding of childhood has to be healed and what it means to have the perfect father and to be also children in a sort of mystical way of the, the marriage, in a sense, of Christ and his church. And it's only through that understanding and the healing from the eternal father and through the church um, and through the sacraments that we can understand what it is to be a child and ultimately a child of God. So that sort of second wound is on our identity. Anything that, so I'm kind of going through some of like the, uh, the heavy hitters um, that really do go very deep. And so the second sort of part of the retreat is about rediscovering our God-given identity as his beloved children that are capable of being children and all that that means when Jesus says, you know, that, you know, come to, oh, of course, it just came right out of my head, the childhood, unless you become like children, you <laughs> cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. Well, if you've never really were able to be a child, how do you live that? Um, and so that second sort of part of the healing is to rediscover who we are in God. Um, so that's um, the, the, as I said, the second thing. The, the third piece is the, the wound of distrust. So, you know, when we start off and say, Jesus, I trust in you, um, what does that entail? It means being able to abandon ourselves fully into the hands of someone who loved us. And where do we learn to do that? As children, where we can abandon ourselves to our parents who loved us, who love us. Um, but when that um, can't happen or doesn't happen or has been so ruptured in divorce, 
our ability to become to, to be dependent and re receptive with God and others is deeply wounded. Um, and so we need to um, kind of go to back to the, you know, perfect love casts out all fear, 1 John 4, 18, and learn to trust God and to realize that people are wounded, um, but also be able to have a healthy dependence and receptivity to the love of others. Um, and that, of course, that and the wound of fear, which is a damaged, again, perfect love casts out all fear, the damaged vision of love that leads to unhealthy relationships and patterns in dating really needs to be addressed in order for us, for everybody, but in a special way, adult children of divorced parents to be able to live intimate relationships. Okay, can you, you, you sort of, you said something that caught my attention. I'd like to, to you to yeah. repeat it. Um, so I'm, are you, did you, did you say, and please correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong, that, that sometimes uh, children of adult, um, adult children of divorce uh, might, there might be a likelihood for some unhealthy dating. Is that correct? Well, you know, if, if we go with the statistics again, and again, um, if, if you want to take a deeper dive into the statistics, please do go on lifegivingwounds.org and look into the facts and reference page. But um, adult children of divorced parents are less likely to get married, more likely to cohabitate and have a 40% increased risk of divorce themselves. So this statistic, again, not every person, but this statistic in general says that um, having witnessed the breakdown of sort of the most fundamental relationship um, for a child and essentially for a human being, there is a fear and a deep distrust that it's even possible to make something like that work. And this is even seen in what they call the um, gray adult children of divorced parents, which is, um, you know, people that are in their own marriages and then their parents divorce, um, you know, over age 65, that their likelihood of staying in their marriage decreases if their parents have divorced after mm -hmm. age 65. Yeah, because you think, well, you, you should be on your like, you know, on your game by that point in your own marriage. But it just speaks to how much our parents' marriage sets the blueprint for what we expect. And this is what the reworking of God's grace that starts on this retreat is to rework that we are not the product of our wounds. We're not the product of the failures of others in our life. We are children of God called to freedom and that the Lord wants to heal those wounds. We don't just bring up the wounds to sort of, you know, to manifest, you know, how ugly they are. They're brought out just like a surgeon would, you know, excise an abscess to be fed by the sacraments and to be healed by the mercy of God. Well, the, the other thing that just keeps on, you know, popping up, for me as you're naming these wounds and I know that we're you know just still at wound number four but what is striking me is you know the, the fact that you just mentioned that you know even when folks get divorced after the age of 65 it can have a negative impact um, on their adult children that, that that's startling but what it all kind of 
what, what what's popping up for me is our neediness of grace like how much we need grace how much we need the sacraments how much we need our blessed mother um to sort of keep on keeping on right because um one of the you know uh, julia here you know mentions marriage is under violent attack and all are at risk it's an often a shock to see you know the roots of you know marriage penetrated and 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 just too to caution sometimes caution moms that sometimes you know we can develop unhealthy patterns about talking negatively about our husbands to a friend over coffee. And then before you know it, you know, the seeds of division and the seeds of resentment and all that. And then we have to guard our marriages right until um, our dying day. So anyway. um, And I think it's because just to interject around that, like when we go to this concept of, identity so the father of lies um speaks the lies that you're unlovable um that somehow you were and again this is sort of another thing that you contributed you were responsible for your parents separating that um but ultimately at the root of this is the reason why marriage is so attacked is because it is the icon um however pale of christ's love for the church um where we go to for our own healing and ultimately it's within marriage that children learn about the fatherhood of god so these are like this is like the fundamental basic foundation so if that can be attacked then you've got a very shaky foundation that the lord can absolutely heal but this is why um sister lucia now i believe venerable sister lucia or servant of god i know there was a progression in her cause over the last (laughs) few months um said that our lady revealed to her that the final battle would be around marriage and family and so what we are living in is in that battle mode. And so adult children of divorced, parent, uh, divorced parents are the wounded from that battlefield. But um, there is no wound that's too great for the mercy of God. And where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more. And that's why this ministry is really a ministry of hope and healing. It's not about staying with the wounds. It's about giving the Lord the wounds so that he can heal. And so that being healed ourselves, our own wounded healers, we can be, we can form healthy marriages, that we can support um, people that have suffered and sort of spread the healing in a, you know, in, um, um, in a way that can expound that grace that we have ourselves received. So, yes, this is the battlefront. And these are the wounded, like we're the wounded soldiers. um, But we've got a great hospital. Yeah, no, we we do. And, you know, we're not not here to, you know, kind of talk about this now. But I I just did want to like pipe in that, you know, I I do know 
through the ministry, you know, a number of, of, of women that were kind of, you know, divorced almost not by their own choice. You know, the, the divorce occurred because of, you know, a variety of different reasons and, 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 you know, sort of seeing their children raised in, you know, solid rock Catholic foundation and Catholic, um, uh, you know, the graces from the sacrament that that they have beautiful young adult children. So I, I also want to give, you know, hope, you know, to the women who maybe are divorced or got divorced and, and um, you know, I don't want them to feel helpless that, 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 you know, that their children are, you know, going to be irreparably wounded and that in fact, the retreat is the opposite of that because it gives opportunity to explore, examine maybe things they weren't able to do at home under the uh, under the family because it was too threatening maybe for them. So I just wanted to shout out. One of the, absolutely, like you know, when I look at um, our my own personal situation in my family, um, my mother was very much the innocent victim of abandonment. Um, and um, suffer that very, um, very courageously. Um, and by her um, merciful heart and her, um, within her own limitations as human, um, really uh, kept us very close to the side of the side of Christ. Um, and you know, I myself went, you know, through, you know, undergraduate at yeah, yeah. university, like deeply has never sort of left the faith. It's always been sort of, you know, by God's grace have um, been very close. He's kept me very close on a short leash, I like to say, um, mm -hmm. throughout this time. But it was interestingly, only when I entered into marriage myself, that I realized things there were was not some unfinished business. There was yeah. serious unfinished business, business and thanks yeah. to um, wonderful spiritual direction and um, solid uh, Catholic counseling and um, sacramental life, the rosary, which is sort of, you know, this after the mass, the most powerful weapon um, that we have. And, a very focused attention. And this is where, like, I really feel that all of those things were the foundation. And then the life-giving wounds retreat is what kind of put it all together for me. And um, like the aha moment. Um, okay. Okay, and, so and that's, again, where um, I've seen tremendous fruits in my own marriage um, because of this. And so, yeah, so, okay, so we've got the, the, the wound of silence, the wound of identity, the wound of distrust, the wound of fear. And what, so what were the other, other so two? The other wound that's, um, uh, so again, go back to the stats page um, for, for the details, but um, adult children of divorced parents have significantly higher rates of mental illness, um, most commonly depression. Um, anxiety, sorry, the most common is anxiety, um, but also depression and anger. Um, so those are all 
significantly increased in adult children of divorced parents. And um, again, that's a an, an anger is an appropriate reaction to um, and is a common reaction um, after a parental divorce. And so that, um, but sometimes it gets stuck there and it gets buried and it becomes destructive. And it's not the anger of Jesus cleaning, cleansing the temple. It's the, um, you know, the anger of the um, Sadducees gritting their teeth at Paul, right? Like it's, it becomes destructive anger. And then, you know, going back to the, you know, the wounds of distrust and fear, um, anxiety, when, when the rug, the, when the stability rug has been pulled out from under your feet as a child, um, hello, anxiety, right? The fear of the future, the fear of making a mistake, the fear of not being perfect, the fear of, um, you know, what will others think, especially that sort of comes in with the, the wound of shame. Um, those patterns, like we, you know, we develop these neural networks to cope, but they become core mechanisms to take us forward um, into like adult relationships. So the coping mechanisms of the initial divorce get stuck and then hopelessness. So, you know, depression is not the same as hopelessness, and um, but it's certainly statistically much more common. And I'm not saying this retreat is the, you know, this is why you need the sacramental life. You need, this is part, the life-giving wounds ministry is part of um, healing the psychological wounds, but these take time and they do need um, often do need um, professional support to help work through, but it's a great start. Um, and often with that wound of anger comes the wound of unforgiveness. So that's sort of like the sixth one. And again, I'm bringing up these six wounds because it's the, the those are the chapter headings for the uh, different talks in the retreat. And what does it mean to forgive? Like, does it mean like forgive and forget? Um, does it mean, I, I'll never, my best sort of description of um, forgiveness was um, Sister Ann Shields, like 20 years ago when I attended the, the um, Lift Jesus Higher, she said, Jesus was on the cross. I would stretch out my arms, but I've got bilateral um, frozen shoulder right now. But anyway, um, when he was stretched out and he said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. It's not because they were lined up begging his forgiveness. Mm. He forgave before when, when there was absolutely no. So I, I bring that up because sometimes I say, yeah, I'll forgive when, you know, when, when dad comes like on his knees and begs my forgiveness and says, I am so sorry for all the wounds. I'm so sorry for all the relationships that were affected because of what I've done. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. Oh so yeah. Then, <laughs> then it's like, okay, yeah, sure. Like that, that feels pretty good. That's not going to happen most of the time. Yeah. And um, how do we forgive without that? Well, we only have one example of that done perfectly. And that's Jesus on the cross. Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. What does it mean to embrace forgiveness? Like what is, and this is what that, the retreat, like what is forgiveness, Christian forgiveness? And what is it not? 
Like it's not um, saying, oh, that's fine. Don't worry about it. It's an ongoing process. It's a habit of the heart. I'm just looking at some of my notes from my own retreat handbook that I wrote. And it's a call to offer unilateral forgiveness, even if you never, if they never say sorry. So, you know, there's a big distinction around boundaries and reconciliation is a two-way street. Forgiveness is unilateral. You can do it unilaterally without the other person ever apologizing but um and it doesn't negate healthy family boundaries especially in the context of abuse um and there's a really great if you on the life-giving wounds website there's a really good four-part series on boundaries that keep out like so you can keep in your relationship what is good but keep out what is bad and like Boundaries, there's a lot of work around boundaries and forgiveness in adult children of divorced parents so that it's not, um, that can be, you know, and I, again, I saw that modeled by my mother who deeply forgave my father. And again, that was owned singularly by grace. Um, and forgiveness is always a grace. It's not something that you kind of, pull up your socks and and do because you're strong. Um, It's something that you beg the grace for because you're weak. So, so these are the, the the six pillars of the um, retreat. Now, what are the specific dates of the retreat? So the, the retreat is taking place at the St. Francis center in Caledon, which is, if you haven't been there is a place of great beauty because Beauty has its own healing effect on the soul. Um, So it's just a a 40 minute drive from Toronto. It'll be taking place on September 29th, starting um, in the evening on Friday, September 29th, which is the Feast of St. Michael. And we need lots of his protection in this this, uh, battle for um, marriage. And... uh, continues until October 1st, which is again, the Feast of St. Therese, who was blessed with two such holy parents. And I am 100% convinced that she um, has a great love for this ministry because I think so much of her understanding of the little way and of trust was because of what she was gifted with in her parents. And so I think she gets it when we struggle with trust and with the little way, because of our wounds, she's like, "All right, I'm, 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 uh, I'm on this." So no, no, we have two great patrons, um, <laughs> September 29th to October 1st, and again, early on in the chat um, is the um, is the link to to register for the retreat. And some, you know, the retreat prices are there, and some um, young adults and students um, are, you know, are struggling with regards to finances, and we have. Um, the ability to support them attending the retreat at significantly reduced costs. Um, so they just need to reach out to the web, um, to the email lgwtoronto at proton.me. Um, that's life giving ones, lgwtoronto at proton.me. Um, if they want to request uh, any financial assistance. 
No, Maria, it, you know, I know a lot of people, kind of me included, have, you know, different wounds for different reasons. And and sometimes there's a kind of temptation to, um, I think, you know, okay, I'm going to do my research. I'm going to do my reading. I'm going to listen to, you know, Maria here on Midday Moms, but there's no way I'm going to public three-day retreat. And, um, you know, it was mentioned in the introduction that this was a, a life-changing retreat, you know, for you. What would you say to the person that, you know, is sitting there thinking, oh, this is all great information? What would you say to them to give them the courage to step up and register and go for the retreat, what would you say to that person? Well, like, why was it changing for that? Yeah. For that, for the, for, if God is calling your heart, I can, the, the words that came to me when you um, spoke was the words of Jesus to, um, you know, where are you staying? And he said, come and see, come. Mm -hmm. Um, Because the, uh, it's and he said to his apostles, "Come away for a while and rest." And I think mm-hmm. um, there is something to saying, "Jesus, I'm absolutely swamped. I am so my life is so full. I can't afford the time. I can't afford the money. Um, but I'm going to give this to you. It's like the offering of your time and say, I'm giving this to you. Help me." And I just feel that the Lord honors that so deeply because um, he knows our time is precious and it takes a lot of courage to step away, to come away with him. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know even, um, you know, occasionally these retreats are done as day retreats and and Dan, who's the ministry founder, has always said that when we give the Lord the time, he pays it back in dividends so um, if time or if, if money is a concern, I just encourage you and I encourage um, those that I really encourage, you know, each one of the great moms and women that are on this call right now to reach out to one person um, that is an adult child of divorced parents or someone that is um divorce themselves that could reach pass this on to their children and say hey I thought about you um why don't you think about coming for this because the key is the world needs more wounded healers we need to um because a wounded healer um becomes a great physician and um uh, that's so beautiful now it's it's really interesting too that you know it's considered a life giving life-giving wounds um how will attending a retreat like this help participants recognize the recognize the life giving aspect of their wounds well i can't you know i can't speak for what god is going to do with every heart um but this like jesus wants us to live fully to live our life fully he wants us to live abundantly and um, when we carry our wounds from our parents' divorce, it affects our self-identity, our relationships with God and the church. 
Um, but some other statistics, adult children of divorced parents are less likely to be religiously committed um, and our intimate relationships. And so when we come away and give the Lord the time, um, he is not outdone in generosity. And he, um, you know, uses the structure of sort of digging deeply into um, these different wounds to set us free. And again, I have, you know, gone through 20, you know, oh gosh, probably 30 no, plus years of spiritual direction, counseling, um, uh, attending, you know, groups, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sure there's more stuff, but anyway, that's like, uh, there's a lot of work involved. <laughs> yes. Like I've been working on this for a while. And of course, you know, the sacraments, but I have to say, so it's not like I wasn't coming into this as a newbie. Um, but then there were people at the retreat that had just for whom this wound was like, you know, one week fresh and each of us experienced a tremendous grace. And um, it might happen during the retreat, it might happen afterwards, but um, there is something to being together, to being where everybody on the retreat is carrying the same wound and we all are there for the same reason, to beg God's grace and mercy for ourselves and for each other. And to hear, uh, you know, one of the, you know, to hear people share and, and, and the small groups and the sharing times are very respectful to people's, um, to the boundaries that people need to set um, for themselves. But to hear the same, to, to hear the stories and say, yeah, I felt that too. Yeah, that, because when else are you going to be sitting around and talking to people in a moderated by like an expert psychologist and, you know, a man who's dedicated his life to this ministry and you're working through things and it's validating you and it's lifting you higher and you're praying for the person talking. And I can't tell you, God is so present. So if you're thinking, well, I can just buy the book, I'll buy the manual. I'll like, <laughs> I'm, not here, I'm not here to promote the retreat. I'm here to promote God's desire to heal. And I just, in my own life and seeing what other people lived on the retreat, I can attest as a witness um, of how God honors this ministry. He's, he is very pleased um, with it and he blesses it in the fruits that come out of it. That's, that's so beautiful. And so, Maria, can you tell us why you think it's important for adult children of divorce or separation to focus on moving past the broken image of love they witnessed in their own parents' relationship? What, like, why is that important? Because Jesus wants us to live life abundantly. Like when we're, when we carry these wounds, we've got scars and we're dragging this and we've got this wound and we're not running like in the way that he wants us to. And we're not living relationships in the way that, and we're, we can't love, um, you know, and I, I don't, I'm certainly not perfect by any means. And you can, if you want any confirmation of that, you can, I can pass on some names that will, that will, attend. but um, this retreat and this healing has helped me love better. 
And that's like our, Jesus wants us to be free. He wants us to be able to love him freely and to receive his love and to love our neighbor and to receive their love. That's what we were made for. And anything that blocks that, anything that prevents that or limits it is not his will for our life. His will for our life is the fullness. I've come that they might have life and have it to the full. So by healing these wounds, like who doesn't want to be able to love better, love God better, to love our spouse better, to love our children better, to just even be able to, it impacts how we enter into friendships because our identity is wounded. And we're more envious, like, and I'm, I'm, again, I'm generalizing, but these are like common wounds that people have, um, as adult children of divorced parents, particularly the the like terrible root of envy, which ends up destroying so many friendships and relationships. And so, um, again, just coming back to this, we want to be able to love freely. And this is one of the great gifts of the retreat is to, and of the ministry, um, is to let lay down those wounds let them be healed so that we can love more freely. And again, the healing isn't like a two-day process, but what starts there um, and is supported by um, afterwards is the part of the journey to help us love. So I guess, I did, so will, will you be there during the retreat? Oh, yes, absolutely. And I'll be kind of sharing a testimony um, on you know, how married, how the wound of divorce affected has affected my, you know, relationships and my vision of marriage. That's going to be the area that I'm going to be um, sharing on. Um, but uh, again, Dan um, Mignola, who is the founder of the ministry, and Jen, who's a, a another member of the team, the Life Giving Wounds team, who's a nurse um, and now a um, life coach, uh, from both of them are from coming in from the U.S. So we're really grateful to have a, a retreat team, and we have a wonderful priest that's going to be ministering um, with uh, liturgy, and we have a holy hour and opportunities for confession. So um, there are um, a lot of graces awaiting. Yeah, no, and and uh, I, I guess I just wanted to, you know, mention the Holy Spirit is kind of nudging me to mention that, you know, because we live in a culture in North America where there are 101, you know, different faiths. And so, you know, one might go to work and meet a bunch of colleagues that are from 100 different faiths. One might go to a Catholic school and some of the moms are practicing and some of them aren't. And um, it, it's, it becomes very difficult to have candid conversations from a Catholic perspective in a healthy way. Right. And so I think sometimes we have a tendency, well, you know, let's not talk about, um, you know, miscarriage. Let's not talk about, you know, alcoholism in the home. Let's not talk about the fact that my parents were divorced. And we we kind of put this false smile on our face because we haven't really had the uh, a safe place, you know, to discuss things in a way that are going to 
protect our salvation too, right? Um, because sure, every there's you know every other person it seems almost is getting divorced, and so one can talk about the effects of divorce in a way that's destructive and is going to hurt you. And so I, I sort of see this retreat, you know, as I see our, our Catholic moms groups, you know, the importance of having a safe place to talk about things and get direction and coaching so that we stay on the route of, of, of our salvation, if that makes any sense. Right. And that being said, you know, if you, if you, um, if any of the moms, know someone who's um not catholic and not practicing their faith or um you know everybody is welcome at this retreat mm, yes you know so obviously you can as you can tell there's gonna there's a strong sacramental presence but a lot of it is human is is very human um and so people obviously you know are coming from all different um, spectrums of their uh, relationship with the Lord. And it's mm -hmm. not, you know, you don't have to be saying all 20 decades of the rosary and attending daily, you know, like, like that's, that's not the, um, the retreat. And it very specifically says it's open to anybody um, understanding that the paradigm that we're working with is that God is healing, but mm -hmm. it's not like a lot, a lot of the wisdom, and this is the beauty of um, Dan's perspective, having studied psychology as well as marriage and family, is that these are very human um, approaches that are, you know, very in line with our Christian anthropology. So, you know, obviously someone needs to understand that this is coming from a Catholic perspective, but don't feel shy to welcome someone or invite them to the retreat um, because they, you know, may, it might be an opportunity for them, but it's certainly um, to come closer to the Lord, but there's no prerequisite. There's no faith prerequisite, you know, quotient prerequisite for um, coming onto the retreat because God is meeting everybody where they're at. So let, let's get the word out about the retreat. Um, and, you know, I always like to remember some of the things my, my mom used to teach me. And she had a saying, there is nothing bad that happens that good can't come of it. And so, yes, um, you know, the wounds you experienced being an adult child of divorced parents um, that good can come of it, but we need to be in a healthy, um, you know, attend a healthy retreat, a heal in a healthy paradigm. And so, you know, let's find the the blessing behind the wounds by attending the retreat. So just on behalf of everyone here, uh, Maria, I'd like to thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule. I know that you have, um, you know, a meeting at three o'clock and it's five to three. So I want, <laughs> I want to give you a few minutes to kind of uh, regroup and get ready to, to, to for your next uh, appointment. Um, I'd like to thank all of you here who have signed on to Midday Moms and encourage you to visit um, catholicmomsgroup.com and ask yourself, is the Holy Spirit calling me to start a Catholic moms group at my parish? 
Um, I would also ask whoever has signed on today, if you could pray a full rosary, either tonight or tomorrow, if you've already prayed your rosary today, to pray for um, Maria, to pray for her family, and to pray for the upcoming retreat. So um, do I have any takers here? Can you can you just in the comments say, yes, so pray a full rosary for Maria. I know I will. Um, I encourage, okay. Thank you. Can I, can, I, can I modify that very kind request to, to um, include the, the rosary for all those that um, are thinking of attending? Okay. Uh, um, that that would be um, thank you. And I said, since I'm attending, you can don't have to single me out. You get to say for all those attending and are called to attend. Um, um, and thank you. That's extraordinarily generous. May the Lord uh, reward you for um, your kind prayers and the rosary, which is so powerful. Um, and I, I just I want to kind of just publicly thank you for your witness because. Um, you know, very often folks just aren't willing to come on midday moms and talk openly about things the way that you have. And I, uh, I appreciate it because I think it attracts more people to the faith when we can be real. Right. And so thank you. Thank you for your time. Thank you for just all the remarkable care that you've given to so many people that I know I'm not even going to begin to list them all, but thank you for um, your dedication and your hard work as uh, not only a Catholic, but as a, um, you know, just a medical doctor. Thank you for all the sacrifices that you've made. Thank you all for signing on today. And um, yeah, we appreciate you and we love you. And I always like to say, we're so glad we had this time together just to have a laugh or sing a song. Seems we just get started. And before you know it, comes a time we have to say so long. So goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, um, Maria. Goodbye, all of you who have registered. I appreciate it. And don't forget to promote the upcoming retreat to your family and friends. Bye now. Bye-bye. <laughs>